Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Perspective Podcast. It's your host, Bill. And today we're sitting here with Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy is an awesome dude, and he's always looking for how he can level up his his life uh, with his uh, personal life and with his business. And a lot of that comes with uh, optimizing his health and his mindset and his contribution to society. Uh, Jimmy, we're sitting here because you're always uh, pro- like providing thought provoking content uh, on your Facebook <laughs> and you, you're the type of person who you're willing to share your perspective and you're willing to have healthy conversations with people who might disagree with you. And like, I really respect that you open yourself up to that because you want to challenge people to think. And um, so that's why we're here. So Jimmy, uh, where are we at right now? Tell us like where we're, where we're at and kind of how we get, how you got here. Yeah, so um, we're actually sitting here at the Bear Factory. So this is actually our world headquarters. Um, We're obviously a Michigan-based, family-owned and operated business, but it was my um, mother and father-in-law who started this almost 20 years ago when Kia, my fiance, was uh, still pretty young. They were actually up uh, north, I think in Mackinac, and had gone into a store at the time. And they were doing kind of like the build your own plush concept and Jerry looks at Kia and uh, he goes, Key, do you, you like this? And she goes, yeah. And he's like, well, shit, I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I can make these. Yeah. So he actually um, kind of started formulating and, and going to trade shows and stuff like that and ended up meeting his longtime business partner, um, Jenny, who was his like Chinese liaison. And then uh, the rest is kind of history and and now Kia and I are kind of second generation taking over. So there's a lot of things we're doing within the business from like a sustainability perspective, um, product design, innovation perspective, and just, um, growing the business is really important to us and, and also having a mess, a meaningful message and making an impact as well. So we have a lot of, you know, teddy bears behind us and stuff like that. And, um, Bill, you and I were just talking about how you, you like you've done software design and stuff like that. And I'm sitting here thinking, and I'm like, yeah, I make teddy bears for a living. So, <laughs> Hey, it's designing things, right? Yeah. It's all designing yep, certain yep. things. And, and that's pretty cool that we get to both do that for mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's the bear factory started 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty cool story. It's like, Hey, like, Oh, Kia, you, you, you like the bear? We can make those. Yeah. It's uh, kind of, um, like, a. uh, industry best kept secret where a lot of our a lot of the time we're behind the scenes because we're we're b2b we're wholesale and we so we manufacture and wholesale distribute worldwide and a lot of times i'll be at like a golf outing and someone's like hey what do you do like hey we sell teddy bears and they're like oh cool well would i see your product and i'm like well does your like do you have kids yeah i have kids does your daughter have like a favorite animal or something? And I think just last year, this guy's like, yeah, he's got, she's got this poodle that she's had for six years. Mm-hmm. And I go, let me see a picture of it. And he pulls it up and I'm like, yep, there's our butt tag right there. Like that's our product. And um, what's really cool is Jerry, my father-in-law really stressed uh, quality. Cause in the 15 years that um, before I even got involved at all, it was all about quality. He never spent a dollar on marketing or anything like that. So 15 years of like this very successful business, never spent a dollar on marketing. And then I come in with a marketing background. I got to start like convincing him to, you know, start throwing money and doing digital and all these things. He's like, we've never done this before, but the quality spoke for itself and now doing things, you know, like this and trying to, really reach more people um is a lot of what we're focused on and um 
you know, it's having integrity at the same time while you run a business is really important. Yeah. Having integrity is, is crucial to the longevity of your business, especially when you're in it for the infinite game of yeah, life. Right. Exactly. And you're carrying on the legacy. So now how do you, how do you handle that, uh, responsibility? Um, like that, that's a lot to take on. Mm -hmm. And we were just talking about your new line of products. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that's like a perfect little lead into that is how you're being responsible as a business and putting some of your personal ethics and morals, uh, mixing that into your business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, the responsibility with it, I would say first started off with learning. You got to learn the business first before you can do anything to change it, to make it better. So, I probably spent a good two years just, you know, being at Jerry's side and him mentoring me and showing me, you know, the ins and outs of the business. And Kia has already been here for years longer than I have. So she already knew a lot of that. But I kind of came in here fresh off of uh, um, working over at another sports facility called the Legacy Center. And that was a startup. And we, you know, we helped expand and open up um, like a couple million dollars worth of uh, facilities and stuff. So I kind of had, you know, startup entrepreneurship was in my blood and I was like ready to go at it. And I told Jerry, Hey, if I'm going to come over to the bear factory, I don't want to come over with, um, just enough gas in the tank to like get us from A to B. I want to totally upgrade the ride that we have. Yeah. So he's spent a lot of time kind of mentoring me and showing me how the business runs. And then key and I started kind of putting our heads together and, and figuring out like, Hey, the environment's really important to us. You know, we'd love to incorporate some type of sustainability policy. So we rolled out a sustainability policy. Okay, well, what's the next step that we can do with it? And um, what you and I were just talking about, Bill, was uh, in two weeks, actually, we have our first recycled line of uh, sea life animals that is actually going to be introduced where we have... Um, seaweed the sea turtle ocean the octopus and gray the great white shark and they're all three of those items are made from 100 percent recycled materials and that's been that's a cultivation of about two years worth of work of just research finding you know sustainably sourced materials and finally getting into production and now finally is going to be here at the facility that we can start distributing and there's a lot of people that's really excited about it because of just the messaging of trying to educate you know the next generation of um why the environment's important and just you know this plastic pandemic that we have um, in our oceans and, and things of that nature so you know we're really excited about it and uh, we're trying to make other steps as far as taking our packaging and making it more biodegradable and there's always more you can do but you got to make sure with you know being a privately owned business you got to stay profitable because if you don't, you're not going to be here to continue the work. So that's what's really important is, you know, knowing how something works, having a dream, finding a way to take that dream, reverse engineer it, and actually be able to incorporate it from step one so that you can still be here 5, 10, 20 years from now. Yeah, absolutely. Having a purpose for your profit. Mm -hmm. uh, so now let's talk about the, the plastic pandemic that you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. So I love that you're bringing awareness and starting off with, with children because it's so critical to be teaching them and educating them on their favorite animals might not be here if we continue to do what we're doing right now, mm -hmm. using single-use plastics and just throwing away so much stuff and just destroying our, our water. So what, like, where did, where's your passion for that come from? Um, I think just intuitively, the, a lot of it comes from the fact that, you know, we're here in Michigan, so we're the Great Lakes state. Like, 
fresh water is nothing that has ever been foreign to us or something that's been hard to achieve. So I think just naturally, I'm super passionate about, um, you know, we have the um, algal blooms, which is a big issue in the Great Lakes around here in Michigan that um, there's a lot of really great groups like the um, National Wildlife Federation and the Great Lakes, there's the Great Lakes Business Network, which um, is it like a, a local uh, or a statewide business advocacy group um, that's focused on certain environmental initiatives and such. So, you know, water is really important just because it's what we've grown up with. It's what we're so accustomed to. But then there's, you know, there's people, millions of people around the world that just don't have access to mm-hmm. clean water. And I mean, we're sitting here drinking plastic water bottles that A, um, it's a single-use plastic. It's just going to end up in the ocean somewhere. B, the quality of the water isn't even very good to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably got a bunch of crap in it anyway, so it's probably not the best thing for your health too, but it's it's purely convenience. Yes. And I think that that's what... Um, the, the generation, the, you know, the generations before us have been extremely efficient at is convenience and making our lives so simple. But in the process, they've also, I think, lost some sight of some big picture issues that, you know, that's okay. You know, they're being innovative in their time and things like that. That's fine. But we also need to remind ourselves and stay focused that there are bigger things at work. And there is, there is, there are things that are happening that we need now to do something about and take action on. Yeah. And you're doing something about it. You're doing what you can while still while still growing your business and staying profitable and providing awareness. And Mm -hmm. so that's super important. Um, What was that? You said aqua blooms? Uh, Alga blooms. Alga blooms. What's that? So essentially um, there's um, like high nutrient runoffs that actually take place. So um, if you think about a farm or something like that, you know, they're dumping a lot of pesticides and um, fertilizers and things like that to help grow, you know, um, commercially grow crops, but you're going to have runoff. Just like if you go and look at uh, the next time you see a sprinkler system running at your neighbor's house, check the street and just see all that extra water that's just running off. Now imagine all of that runoff now has some type of nutrient dense pesticide or, you know, you know, just high nutrient runoff that's taking place. And that's got to go somewhere. Like all our water is connected and all ends up somewhere. For us here in the Midwest, a lot of that water ends up in the Great Lakes. And what ends up happening is this causes a disruption in the ecosystem. And now we're starting to see these really detrimental algal blooms. So you've probably seen things like red tide down in yeah, Florida yeah. and stuff like that. Sim- pretty much the same thing, mm. um, just different species and different types here. And what people actually don't know is that, you know, these are crippling for um, waterside businesses in touristy type of areas all throughout the Midwest where, you know, they have these, we have these beautiful great lakes and all of a sudden you get this algal bloom and people can't go swimming. People can't go fishing. People don't want to visit anymore. And now you throw in something like with, um, you know, COVID and travel and tourism. I mean, we're feeling it right now. 50% of our business in the summer is, is hotels, hospitality, travel and tourism. Mm. Like, we're feeling it here as a business. I can't even imagine in like a tourist, touristy type town what's going on right now because, you know, people just aren't visiting. Now we're getting uh, reports of what's going to be happening with the algal bloom on top of it, you know, in Lake Erie and things like that. So the, the thing with something like um, 
these particular environmental issues is that a lot of times it's like, well, just go a bunch of go dump a bunch of chemicals or something like that in it. And, you know, think about your fish tank. If it starts to get green with algae, you're just going to dump a bunch of chemicals in there. Well, you can't do that on a mass scale level. You got to think farther up the chain. So what are changes that can be done farther up the chain with more sustainable uh, cropping, like doing monocropping and things of that nature is extremely detrimental, you know, to the environment. And then you look at, um, you got to think about uh, like our, our uh, meat industry as well, because mm-hmm. that's a huge source of a lot of these like, um, like highly, highly nutrient dense runoffs and things of that nature. Yeah. I've, I've heard a little bit about that of like pig shit farms where it's just like mountains of it's all sick. this. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's like a, it's a hazardous material. Yeah. Uh, and that's nuts. Oh. Like that, I had no idea that that was a thing, but like they, like you can't actually transport that material across state lines in some places. No, like a lot of with like uh, what you're mentioning is these ponds of just like fecal matter and stuff. And, um, you know, they have to push it over to like uh, on the side where no one can get to it. The problem is you still have you like fumes and methane and stuff like that that's coming out of it. And then you get a wind and that blows, you know, down and it hits these cities. And, you know, there's studies that are coming out now with just, you know, kids and adults with, a lot of like health defects um, because of just all this like toxic like sewage fumes that are getting blown in their city and you know it's a it's a huge issue but not a lot of people talk are talking about because a lot of people just don't know about it yeah and it, it ha- it's not widespread enough for people to start talking about it like we talk about covid yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's still like very critical to our future as human beings so like what are some things that we can do that uh, that could help kind of start like what's further thinking down the chain instead of just putting the bandaid on it, dumping the, the stuff in the, in the, in the tank to get rid of the algae. What's thinking further down the line of some practical things that an everyday person like ourselves of what we can do. Um, very simple. I mean, and what's great about these suggestions too, is that they're also great for your health as well. Okay. Um, I would say start by doing some type of vegetarian or, you know, plant-based vegan meal two times a week. So reducing your meat consumption can be extremely beneficial just because of, you know, the amount of water that it takes to produce one commercially farmed pound of meat is, you know, I I don't know the exact numbers, but they're extremely high. But, you know, taking the initiative and and eating a plant-based meal two times a week just to start to reduce a little bit of your meat consumption now i get people who are like well i love steak i love this i love that i'm like i'm not telling you to not eat steak right you know you can eat your steak but you're not i know you're not eating it seven days a week and if you are like we need to have a whole nother conversation yeah that's different (laughs) (laughs) so um you know eating a plant-based meal two times a week i think is something that's very obtainable very something very simple to do and it's a great way to kind of get in the kitchen and start figuring out like new recipes and stuff like that just to to you you want to work with your food you don't want to always be buying it like you want to actually have a little bit of um intuitive feeling when you're actually cooking and things of that nature going off of a recipe book is really great and that's what key and i've been doing for a couple of years now but it's kind of the point now where we understand flavors and textures and we can kind of you know she's getting really good at throwing dishes together just by going into our garden and, and um, we had this massive zucchini that you could like knock someone out with over the head <laughs> yeah. that we pulled out the other day. And she's like, well, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And you know, it's, it's an intuitive cooking, which is really cool. But we started with the original concept of just cooking plant-based 
um, two or three times a week. And it was more of, hey, you know what, let's, let's try this. It seems easy. We just moved into our house. We don't really want to spend a lot of money on meat and stuff like that. And then we started to feel like really good. Hmm. Well, all right, well, let's do it a little bit more and see what's going on with it. And um, so we're plant-based. I, I wouldn't even, I don't know if I would call myself vegan because I'd like to have, you know, chicken every now and again. Um, and, and that's my point is, you know, balance, 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 balance. Yeah, it's all about the balance. And like you can do it in a way that's not just saying, okay, I'm just shifting my, my entire diet. Cause that's, that doesn't seem like it's going to work too well for you. So your suggestion is just start mixing it in two times a week, have some plant-based meals. And just thinking about the numbers on that one is like whatever percentage of that, of your diet is now plants mm -hmm. is that's so much less on our environment. Uh, so that's, yeah, yeah that's so pretty. That's, so that's one suggestion. Another suggestion I would say, um, which a lot of people are already doing because they're a bunch of doomsday preppers with everything that was gone with COVID <laughs> is start growing your own food. Yeah. You know, growing your own food, there's um, a company called Green Grow right down the road from us here in this complex, mm -hmm. and they have just been exploding with people that are just, you know, all they do is sell um, what you need to grow at your house. And, um, you know, there's people there every single day, and it's really cool to see because people are getting more in tune, you know, with nature again. They're actually doing something with their beautiful lawns that they have, you know, back in the day, like people didn't have lawns, you know, mm -hmm. they didn't have, um, they weren't on lawnmowers and zero turns, like cutting their grass and stuff like that. Like you were cultivating the land, yeah. you know? So that's more of like an aesthetic thing that, you know, happened over the last hundred years or whatever, but you know, take some of that land and, and start to cultivate from it and, and start to grow your own food because you can still support, you know, local farmers and things of that nature and, and going local is really really important as well because we need to support our local farmers but there's i'm sure some staple items that you can grow yourself as well um, to help alleviate a lot of this just commercial farming and things of that nature so yeah so that number two is grow your own food number three support your local farmers that's really really important um because they're you know the local farmer is that concept is dying and the reason for it is because of all this commercialization of what's going on in that in, in big ad, big ag and big food. And especially with things like this, with, you know, an economic downturn, with what's going on with COVID and things of that nature, you know, there's a lot of businesses that float when the economy is doing well. But as the economy starts to slow down for any period of time, you know, that, 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 lake starts to to drain a little bit and not all the boats are gonna are gonna float there's mm -hmm. gonna be a lot of boats that are just a lot of businesses that are just gonna go out of business indefinitely and it's really it's really sad because a lot of these businesses um, whether they're farmers or small businesses that you know have more environmentally focused um, initiatives and you know their profit margins are just not the greatest you know something like this is going to take them out yeah. Yeah. Versus going and supporting the larger chains who do have a little bit more runway than, you know, the farmer next door. Yeah. If you look at, I think it was, um, Bill Gates, um, Elon Musk, Warren Buffett and, um, Amazon Bezos. Yep. I think between them, like the, the amount of money that's been accumulated in their net worth, um, over the last five months, we'll just, you know, go look up that statistic and it'll, it, it'll, you're going to be like, 
Yeah, I believe it was like 110 billion. Yeah, and if you <laughs> yeah. think about it, all of everyone was forced to go into lockdown and go into quarantine, and all these small businesses just shut down. They start applying for PPP loans and things like that. Well, people still need to get their stuff. Like, yeah. where are they getting it from? You know, we're gonna go online. And we're going to take care of it that way because I don't want to go out. I'm, people are terrified to go outside. So naturally, all that money that was just going local all of a sudden just starts funneling up to a lot of these corporations and things of that nature. And, you know, a lot of these small businesses, local small businesses are just they're not going to be there anymore. So, yeah. So, yeah, we, we definitely have a sense of duty that we need to to put forward to support our local farmers, mm -hmm. to grow some of our own food and to start eating more plant based meals. We don't have to get crazy. We don't have to go all in and be vegan. Just start to mix it in. Yeah. Um, can I just have you move the microphone a little bit closer? Yeah. yeah. Good. There you go. Yeah. You'll, you'll hear yourself a little bit better. Cool. Um, so then you said, you, you said that once you and Kia started moving over to more of the plant-based meals as you started feeling better as well. Mm -hmm. Um, like tell me about that. Like how, how did you start feeling better? So we train, you know, I think probably five, six days a week right now. So, um, that's a lot, <laughs> but you know, we enjoy it. I think to some extent we're probably like addicted to it at, a, <laughs> at some level, just because of like the endorphins that are released from it after a good workout and, you know, people, you have crazy runners that, you know, get runners highs, yep. you know, it's purely like the hormones that are released after it. So for, probably to some extent we're addicted to it to another extent, we really enjoy, um, having a schedule and some type of like regimen, which is important. But, um, you know, I started to feel, I was doing a lot of running. I, was, I started Spartan races last year. Okay. And, you know, I was doing a lot of running and there's some things that I was taking that I, I could start to kind of feel like the inflammation and, um, you know, I wasn't recovering as faster with, with some stuff. And um, once we started going plant-based, you know, hey, I, I, feel, I feel better, like faster kind of thing. And, you know, my recovery is not as long with this particular, um, type of exercise that I used to do or whatever. And Hey, you know what? My PR on my 5k was just, you know, I feel a lot stronger and I feel like my lungs are opening up better. And, you know, it's more of, um, we've trained, we've trained pretty hard for about 10 years, probably 10 or 12 years now mm -hmm. where we've been consistently working out at least, you know, four times a week or whatever it is. And there's probably only two weeks in the last two or three weeks consecutively, um, in total where we haven't worked out, you know, in 14 years or whatever, the time that we've been together. And that's like a really long time. And, yeah, it is. And a lot of it is like, a we decide to do a recovery week or there's vacation or, you know, you end up getting sick or something like that. But even when we're sick, like we still try to get in the gym. Yeah. So we are very in tune, like with how our bodies feel and, um, can definitely tell if we eat something how we feel the, the day after mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people can do that as well but going plant-based you know we started to feel good like a lot better and then all of a sudden we had our uh two friends who introduced us to a documentary called the race to extinction and you know it's kind of a big doom and gloom kind of movie about the environment and then the last 15 minutes they're like but it's okay. There's stuff you can do. Like, don't go jump off a bridge right now. Yeah. Like, there's like, things that you can do. <laughs> there's hope. <laughs> there's hope kind of thing. And we started looking at it like, oh my gosh, like maybe going plant-based, you know, we feel better. It's better for the environment. And, you know, it's, it's better for like animal conservation. And, um, there's a lot more to it than just us, which, 
you know, that was the original thing that, that motivated us was, um, just how we're feeling with it all. And there's a lot more to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you, if you start feeling better, like why would you not continue to do that? Mm -hmm. And then you start at the more you do your research, you understand the actual benefits to the world mm -hmm. of you having that plant-based diet as well. Yeah. And there's a lot of, you know, a lot of it's anecdotal, um, personal experience, a lot, there's a lot of information out there that's, you know, you, you need, meat in your diet because of xyz you know and then you can find another article that says you don't need meat in your diet because of xyz and you know not everyone's the same everybody's yeah. different and i think that's like the main like baseline thing that a lot of people forget is there is no one diet exactly <laughs> you know there's no one set of genetics you know everybody's different everybody's got their own gut biome everybody has their own body so having the awareness and taking the time and investing in yourself to find out what works for you is what I challenge, you know, everybody to do. 100%. Yeah. There's no one catch all of like, do this and you're going to be good. Mm -hmm. Because like, I, I, I've experimented with my diet a lot. And I ended up going vegan for nine months. Uh, it started off as just a 30 day experiment. And I was like, okay, like, this is good. And I just kept going with it. But eventually I started feeling really, really tired and exhausted and I was working out like every day. Mm -hmm. And so then I started reading like sports medicine papers and trying to figure out, well, what am I missing here? Mm -hmm. And I tried a lot of different things and I ended up just having to start eating meat mm -hmm. because like I just felt horrible. Like you could see that I was physically exhausted. Mm -hmm. And so like I'm but I'm still always curious well, what's the right balance for me and what's the right balance for everybody else? And the only way you can really learn is through experimentation mm -hmm. and really trying it, seeing what works for you and to slowly change your diet. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, you're always critiquing things. If, um, if you're here to listen to Ben Greenfield, I don't think so. It sounds familiar though. Check out Ben. He's, you know, a biohacker and a lot of people claim to be biohackers, but I think he's the biohacker. <laughs> he's super intelligent, you know, has some schooling background, but a lot of it's just self-taught and, you know, he's, the you always have like opposite ends of the spectrum and he's like the extreme where he's willing to do anything and everything just to like test his limits and test his um physicality and biology which yeah is really cool yeah so. it's always interesting to see people who are willing to subject themselves to more pain than ourselves <laughs> <laughs> like i'll let you do that i'll yeah. take your lessons learn and i'll try them on a, yeah, on a scale back level to the podcast like i'm not gonna be <laughs> hitting myself up with a needle all the time like we've done intravenous um, Jerry and I have done intravenous like um, amino acid injections and B12 and stuff like that. I remember after my first triathlon, I was like exhausted. I get home and he's like, here, take this calm um, vitamin blend. And I'm like, what do I do? He's like, just stick it in your thigh. <laughs> like, and like, I'm like, oh, and I kind of was feeling like tight on my chest. And I went in the bathroom and I just went like, all right, poo. And I like shot it in my leg and I was just like, <gasps> Like really, yeah, it was insane. And it, I don't know if it was a placebo or what, or just like, you know, the mental fatigue after just doing a triathlon or whatever. But you know, we've done like some pretty intense stuff, but I, now that there's these other guys that are willing, other guys and women who are willing to do it, I'm happy to kind of go off of their spark notes. And For sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's wild that you had like that sense once you inject it into your leg, just that sense of rejuvenation. Mm -hmm. That's super interesting. Uh, <laughs> Gonna gonna do some reading on that one. 
<laughs> so you talked about uh, uh, you and Kia being addicted to working out. Like you could have worse addictions. So, mm. you know, good for you for having healthy addictions. <laughs> um, and you talked about your hormones and your, and your mood and stuff. So like, what are the, like the benefits that, that you feel or that you've done research uh, about of like, what are the physical and mental benefits of sweating, of getting out there and moving your body, of putting yourself through some measure of pain? Mm-hmm. Uh, t- tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, that's a, um, great topic today. I'm, I'm, I'm on day five of, I'm doing a 30 day burpee challenge, you know, yeah. 30 burpees for 30 days or whatever. And every single day I'm putting out some piece of health, you know, information that I do, you know, I, when I first came up with the idea, um, I'm like, how am I going to come up with 30 days of content? And I was like making my protein drink and I'm like, snap. Like, and then I, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, I need to make my electrolyte drink with creatine. And I'm like, snap. And so I literally just start walking around and just taking pictures of stuff. And you'll see like my office over there, I have my pull-up bar on. I got a kettlebell in there. We have stand-up desks in the back. So just talking about the importance of movement, um, there's these place called uh, Blue Zones, you know, throughout the world where those are the highest um, densely populated areas for centurions. So individuals who live over 100 years of age. Oh, okay. They don't go to the gym, you know, for 60 minutes five times a week. You know, they have consistent activity and motion throughout the day. So the importance of sweating, I would probably say, is more. it's more of... Um, almost looking at physics like an object in motion is easier to stay in motion so whether that's with a habit or um, a schedule at work or workout routine you know once you kind of get some momentum rolling it's easier to keep going with it well these blue zones with these centurions you know they're they live active lifestyles they're always up on their feet and they're not sitting down you know at a at watching tv all the time you know they're up and about and doing things all the time so there's um consistent motion so they're you know they're burning calories they're staying active their blood's pumping their heart rate's elevated to some extent and you know they've probably got a sweat going um the importance of sweat here in the united states and with like what's going on here with our culture is, you know, people are doing just this. They're sitting down, uh, four or five hours a week and they have to combat that by going into the gym at five o'clock in the morning and just totally destroying themselves for 45 minutes, um, five times a week just to combat that if they're even combating it. So, you know, we were not meant to just be you know, sedentary beings, you know, whenever I I look at, um, where the the direction a lot of people are going in our country, I think of Wally. And Mm -hmm. when Wally goes up on the, on this, he gets beamed up on, or, um, goes on the spaceship looking for Eve and all these guys are just like on these recliners and they have, you know, monitors in front of them. And they're just like, so focused on that monitor in front of them. And, And I'm walking around and I see people just sitting on their phone and I'm like, well, there's the monitor. And, you know, pe- you know, you know, people are sitting down all the time and, you know, in Wally, they have like a soda. I think he had like a soda or something. They like did, that. Yeah. And he's like, soda or Slurpee. He's like <laughs> eating. And I was over in Nova yesterday. It was 930 in the morning and there's a lion already getting Chick-fil-A. So there's these signs, you know, and this is, you know, Pixar's Wally came out. What? Like it was a while ago, <laughs> it was a long time ten, ago. over 10 years, probably. Yeah. So, you know. We're not doing, collectively, we're not doing what we, sh- you know, need to do to live long, happy, and healthy 
lives. And if you know, if you're here and living a long time is not that important, like that's fine. But there are people here who, you know, do want to live as long as they can and enjoy this planet as much as they can. So staying active and staying in motion, however that way is, um, you're going to find that, you know, you feel, uh, you feel better. Um, you can play better and you can perform better, whatever that is, whether it's at work or you want to go run a 5k or triathlon, things of that nature. So, um, a body in motion is probably like, I think the most important takeaway that people can have. Yeah. And that's a really nice way to, if, if you're pretty sedentary right now is kind of just mixing in, realizing like, Oh, I just need to get up and walk more. Mm -hmm. And like, I, like, I know like a wa uh, Apple watch or a Fitbit, they like remind you, Hey, it's been an hour, get up, like stand up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> cause yeah. it's easy to lose five, six hours sitting in, in the same chair, not really moving, poor posture hunched over at your computer. Right. Mm -hmm. That's unhealthy for you. And if we think back to like, what were humans doing 200 years ago? How did we get Hunting around? Gathering. Yeah. yeah. We were moving mm -hmm. consistently. And that that's so important for our longevity as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, I like that you said the the blue zones. I, I didn't know that that was a thing. So. Yeah, check out the blue zones. So um, Zac Efron um, and I forget Darren's last name. A guy that he does uh, this new Netflix series out. Um, they they kind of go around and they're checking out like environmental things and they actually go and visit I think Italy and they're visiting one of the you know the blue zones mm -hmm. and. Zach ends up taking a walk with this guy who's like 98 years old or something. And they go talk to another woman who may, I think she might be like a hundred or something like that. And, um, they start kind of explaining, generally speaking, you know, what is a blue zone and what does it mean? And what are the, like, I think there's, you know, like 10 plus guidelines that identify as a blue zone. Um, and these 10 things is ranges anywhere from, you know, staying active throughout the day. Um, incorporating a little bit of alcohol into your diet, um, n you know, zero to no processed foods or anything like that. Uh, a strong sense of community or, you know, social support, um, is really important. And that can kind of follow also follow under, you know, some type of, um, foundational like religious belief or whatever that means you know for some people some type of spiritual belief so there's all these different things that they've identified that these blue zones have mm -hmm. that they believe to be kind of like the foundational um, block of a long happy and, and healthy life which is really cool so ben greenfield does like a really great he has a bunch of different podcasts that he just kind of has a couple of keynote speakings that he you know, happens to talk about, um, in depth, a little bit more about blue zones, but from a visual perspective, that's super accessible, you know, go check out on Netflix, um, Zach's Zach Efron's, you know, new, ep uh, season that just dropped yeah. with, with that. Yeah. That'll be super interesting to go watch. Mm -hmm. Uh, so now you said that one of the factors in the blue zones was communities. Mm -hmm. Now is communities like, like TikTok, like, probably or, or, not. or is, or is it like <laughs> outside of technology, putting your phone down and spending time with people in real life, spending time with people in real life. I mean, I, I would definitely say, you know, places like uh, key and I, we get jumped on a TikTok bandwagon there for the first couple of weeks of quarantine. And we were having a good time and, you know, we were getting like a bunch of views, which is like, like cool. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what I can cash those in for nothing. Um, ego points. Yeah. Ego <laughs> points. And like, it was fun. We had a good time. And then, um, 
I think we did it for two nights and then we're like, Hey, let's, I just saw this TikTok. Let's do that. Let's do that. And we're like, you know, I, I don't really feel like doing it. Like it's, yeah. not, it's not that fun anymore. And I think with Instagram, um, you know, we were talking about, uh, key and I did J plus K getaway. So we were doing, you know, yep. travel blogging there for a hot minute and we became so consumed with engagement and impressions and likes and follows and things like that, that I hated social media after, you know, we probably did this for about a year. I hated it. And I finally, right when we started to get, you know, some traction and things were starting to look cool, we just were burnt out. We dropped it. And like, I don't, I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I think at the time we had like 45,000 follows on Instagram and stuff, which was cool, man. Mm -hmm. And, um, like it, you know, like we were making progress, but I just got burnt out. I was sick and tired of it. And there's always this, uh, like I'm not doing enough. I'm not good enough. You know, there's always more that I can do. Cause you're always comparing yourself on, on Instagram and, um, Snapchat, I think is a little bit different. I use Snapchat with my family, like check out what my baby nieces and nephews are doing and stuff. Um, and then, but as far as like Instagram goes, it's, I think it's just like, um, it's a highlight reel yes. and a lot of, and I think that's really detrimental to this younger generation because when we grew up, you know, I got a cell phone, I got a flip phone in eighth grade and I like had to do T9 word to text yeah. and stuff <laughs> like that. And like some people who listen to this will probably be like, what are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> and, um, but yeah, I had a flip phone and I don't even think I had internet. I had a Blackberry in college that like you could surf, you know, the internet barely, barely right? for like 30 bucks a month or something, yeah. which at the time was like a rip off. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's just this, this lack of connection and communication. Like I'd be interested to see how many notes are being passed around between like sixth and seventh graders. Like, oh, we like, used to, psst, yeah, like, yeah, like you'd have like the little football that you like kick yeah. your buddy or do like a little origami note and stuff. Like I was pretty fluent in like, origami note yeah (laughs) or no origami but you know there's just not that anymore and what key and i uh were actually talking about the other day is you know when we left school like we left school like you didn't see 99 percent of the people that were there like when you leave when you leave school right now you still have a digital you know attachment point to everybody that you go to school with through Instagram, through Facebook, through whatever it is. And like, that sounds exhausting. You know, like for some people, high school is difficult. And mm-hmm. even for, you know, high school that is, isn't difficult for, it can still be difficult. So it's like a really interesting time and really impressionable time for young kids. And they just do not have an off switch at mm-hmm. all right now. You know, they're constantly plugged in. And I just, I don't even know how I would be able to handle that. Not to say that I like won high school or anything. But, you know, it sounds like it's a really, really difficult situation nowadays. And that's not the type of community that they're talking about. You know, they're talking about um, strong relationships with your family members, strong relationships with some good, close friends. You know, it's always about uh, quality over quantity when it comes to these types of things. And I think that's something that you learn with age. Because when you come out of high school, you know, you want to stay in contact with all your friends and you have all your new friends that you're meeting outside of high school and stuff. And, you know, by the time you turn 25, 26, you start kind of not talking to everybody as much. And, you know, I just turned 30 a couple months ago. And, you know, we have probably like eight close friends our age, you know, that we really enjoy spending time with just them. Yeah. You know, and that's, it's like, we're already busy, busy. 
putting our schedules together. So just trying to find time to hang out with them can sometimes be a chore, but you know, it's about the, the, the quality over the quantity. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you definitely do realize the value of close friendships uh, as, as we grow older, because you're not trying to just be popular, mm-hmm. which is easy to want to do in middle school and high school. I remember I was talking to uh, someone's younger siblings and they were like asking me about who my friends were. I was like, oh, I probably have like three or four like close friends. She was like, what? she's like you only have like three friends I was like yeah I was like and I'm pretty happy with that because like they're good friends and I know that we we can rely on each other and we're always there for one another and like those are the friendships that are important Mm -hmm. um not the ones that just view view your photos and like your photos and comment every once in a while yeah yeah it's the ones it's the friends that you actually talk to on the phone or you know text more often than not that are probably the ones that you want to keep closer at hand. And, you know, you're still in your twenties. Um, I'm really happy I'm out of my twenties, like twenties, you know, people always say like, Oh my God, I love my twenties. Like we're doing this, doing that. And, you know, twenties was cool. Like (laughs) it was cool. Like did a lot of really cool stuff, you know, and met some really great people along the way. But, you know, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at right now at this point in my, my life. And, um, you know, things are looking really positive and up and the direction that things are going in. And, you know, I know who I am as an individual and that was a, you know, that's a process in itself, you know, coming up through your teens and through your twenties and stuff like that. Like who, who is Jimmy? Yeah. You know, who does Jimmy want to be? Yeah. You know, I'm still figuring it out, but, um, you know, being present, I've learned the importance of presence and, People always talk about presence, whether I'm at yoga or, you know, when, when we're doing a yoga class with our friend Liv over at the space or, um, you know, hearing some wise philosopher about the importance of being present and being minimalist and all these things. And I honestly didn't fully understand what that exactly meant until I was watching uh, Michael Jordan's The Last Dance, uh, the documentary that ESPN just put out the other um, probably at the beginning of quarantine or so. And I think it's like the second to the last episode, this guy who wrote, a, he, you know, he just can't, he's coming out with a book, I think called um, like Max Air or something, but it's about Michael. And he said, the reason why Michael's so good is because he is the best, better than anyone I've ever met, any athlete. And he's like, I've interviewed and talked to a lot of athletes. He is the best at being present. Like he, his ability to be in the moment and to know how to handle it and what needs to happen and where to go from there, he goes, it's unparalleled. And you know, you have stars in sports and then you have superstars, you know, talent, skill, physicality, biology, you know, once you get to a certain level, a lot of that doesn't matter you know, everyone's pretty much on the same scale, but it all comes down to like the mental game. And it, it, it comes down to that, that being present, you know, um, I think that's what is really important. And, and I've, you know, understand that more now than ever, um, purely off of that, you know, 30 second clip out of, you know, that documentary, which for whatever reason I've heard it a million times. And that was just the tipping point to like, you know, make me actually understand yeah so now how's your so moving you know past your 20s into your 30s and learning how to be more present is how's that how have you like recognized a real difference in your life 
or like what do you see like oh like this was when i was younger mm-hmm. i i thought like this and then knowing what i know now it's like oh wow i can't believe that i was unpresent back then i i think um you know being present for me is kind of what you talk to about you know i'll, I'll put thought-provoking things out on Facebook or, you know, I like to have tough conversations with people. Um, but there needs to be that level of respect. And I'm like huge, huge, huge on respect and integrity and honesty. And for me being present is removing that knee jerk reaction that I used to have when I was younger. Like someone would say something and then all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, I'm 20, I'm 24 year old Jimmy who like, you know, nobody can beat down, you know, I'm invincible. Like, you know, you, you kind of come at something if you don't agree with it, Mm -hmm. but like being present in the moment is, you know, actually hearing something, taking a minute to digest it. And then, you know, having perspective on why that even came to you, what does that mean? And being able to come back with like a constructive comment rather than an emotional um, knee-jerk reaction because any type of exchange um, you know there's been different things that we've talked about and you know I've gotten excited about some stuff and been a little bit more serious about others any bit of information or content that you come in contact with every single day it, it's accompanied in, um, with emotion and with things you know especially with stuff that's going on right now being able to take that content and separate the emo- take the emotion out of it and actually looking at that content for what it is and at the same time understanding why like why has this come to you because i'm a big principle of you know what you put out there is what you get you know you call it karma call it whatever you want to call it but you know there's a reason why we're sitting down here today like there's a reason why you reached out for us to have a conversation yeah um there's a reason why people say things to you whether it's positive or negative and you know you have to make yourself open to receive that and taking that removing the emotion and actually evaluating what that what that bit of content is and being able to be constructive back with it i think is the most uh i mean the best thing that you can possibly do especially given right now because people are just you know in general people can be really emotional but when you start talking about you know pandemics and whatever it is election years you know it, it, get, it gets supercharged. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and people, you know, I think people always feel like they're on, whenever someone comments back on Facebook or something, the problem with Facebook, the great thing about Facebook is you can connect with people. The problem with Facebook is that you can connect with people. And, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you can't always tell what that emotion is through text. Yeah. Um. So, you know, that's what's really, I think, a really important thing. And as me being more present has you know spent a lot of time thinking about that concept and what does that mean and what's the actual application of that yeah so a lot of uh, like slowing ourselves down to not just go with that knee-jerk reaction mm-hmm. but to have the the wisdom and patience to understand okay um like i feel differently about this i'm going to reserve some of those emotions because it's still important to be passionate and to have some fire behind you because that's how we care about things but it's it's having that fire in a respectful way Mm -hmm. because if you have a fire in a disrespectful way, 
people aren't going to be receptive to it. They'll just close their ears. They're not going to listen to you. And then they're just waiting to respond to you with their fiery emotion. And that's not constructive for anybody. Right. Yeah. I mean, I had a post that I posted about, you know, a couple weeks ago and I had someone reach out and they're like, Hey, you know, I actually found a better source for, you know, the news story that you sent. Cause that one seems, you know, they seem to be a little bit slighted one way. And at first I was like, you know, I read both, I read, went and read both things and you know i was like you know they both sound pretty much the same like thanks for the info but like i'm happy with this and then i started getting like a bunch of backlash from people i got a couple of trolls which is fun (laughs) and you know people started like throwing some stuff some heat at it and i go okay 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 like let's step it back you know let's take a look at it i went and reread both posts like 100 completely through side message the guy who sent me it and i said you know hey thanks for sending it i totally see what you're talking about now just so you know, I'm going to hide this post. I'm going to repost what you sent me. Nice. Um, and like that for me, like that was like a big ego. That's like a big ego kick. And, you know, it, and it didn't feel good, but, you know, I understood why it needed to happen. Because, yeah. you know, with any type of information, not all of it at first is going to maybe be the best, you know, and that's why you got to do your homework and do your research and actually take a look at stuff. But social media is so fast, you know, that doesn't necessarily, that, that really doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. If ever. Yeah. Well, Hey, props to you for actually reaching out to them and saying like, Hey, like, you know what? Like you're right. That that is the better source. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's cool that you're able to recognize that and then to actually, and then you had the courage to act on it because like, yeah, your ego's like, don't do it stick stick to it yeah even like talking about it like i'm uncomfortable like you know i'm still a little uncomfortable about it because you go back into that emotion of it but you know it's the right thing to do and now i have that you know that wisdom to look deeper into anything before i post it and stuff like that and that's why i've kind of like flipped the switch from um like opinionated things that's a lot's going on i flipped the switch on to like i only want to put constructive information out there right now and that's kind of part of like the 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 30 day challenge and things like that is you know agree or disagree with what i have for a protein drink in the morning um this is just what i do and maybe like one person will pick up on it or something yeah that's a good way to look at it is even if you're able to help one person uh like level up or help themselves Mm -hmm. is that's usually a worthy endeavor Mm -hmm. um even though it might be painful because you might get some of those other other people like replying back like oh like why are you using that thing or whatever it is like hey this works for me i'm just trying to share it and like thank you for like thank you for your thoughts yeah well the bit so the the thank you for your thoughts like the one of the most impactful things that a really close family friend of ours recently gave me she's a, a really great psychologist and um you know she comes in into a lot of fire with uh, like her pa- her patients come in with a lot of fire because they're like high profile people that she works with, so they get a lot of judgment, a lot of scrutiny. And the number one thing that she passed on to me that I think is really beneficial is anytime somebody comes at you with some heat, you know, step back, take a look at it, hear it, and you know, even if it's something that you just totally disagree with, just go ahead and say, you know, hey, thanks for your J or thanks for your judgment, you know. Like, you don't have to do anything with it, but just acknowledge it because um, she was talking about how there's just someone that she follows who says, you know, every time that you're willing to accept someone's judgment, you're going to receive back that same kind of energy tenfold. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether that's in the form of a health gain, 
or a financial gain or a personal gain or whatever it is, if you're willing to, the people who are willing to accept the most judgment in this world are the ones who are going to be the most successful. I mean, look at, you know, Bill Gates or Donald Trump or, you know, whoever these high profile people are, whether you stand with them or against them. And I, I purposely picked those two individuals because they're kind of like two polar opposite ends of, you know, if you're right side or left side in America nowadays, but you know, those people are getting a lot of heat mm-hmm. and they take a lot of judgment and it's the individuals who, you know, can take it and let it roll off their sleeves. Those are the ones that are going to be most successful in life. And that doesn't necessarily give, you know, people can misinterpret that and say like, okay, well, I guess that's just you giving people the permission to go ahead and just be a dick and like be okay about it. And it's like, <laughs> it, no, it's the total opposite. Everybody, you're always going to find someone who disagrees with you. Um, I believe the, the quote by Socrates says, uh, a friend of all is a friend to no one. Yeah. And that's like a really important quote that uh, for whatever reason, it always pops up like once or twice a year for me because um, I used to love being like everybody's friend, you know? Yeah. I, I do anagrams and I'm a three. So, you know, um, being received well and people liking me, you know, is, is you know, important for a, a three, a healthy three anagram. But um, to, to the same extent, you know, it's that quality over quantity when it comes to, you know, who you actually want to connect with. And you're not going to find people, you're, you're always going to find people who, who don't vibe with you on that same level. And that's okay. You know, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Don't need everybody to like you. And it's hard to, it's easy to say that hard to do it. And like, it's something I struggle with is like, I also want to be everybody's friend. Uh, but also I'm unhappy when I do that <laughs> because I'm not being true to myself. I know that I'm, I'm limiting who I am. And, um, like that's not okay. And that means that nobody is getting the full version of myself. And if you're limiting yourself to try to appeal to everyone, mm-hmm. you're limiting your contribution and your friendship and your relationships. So it, it, I'm glad that you're having those conversations and I'm glad that you told me what thanks for your J is. Cause I, I saw that you posted that and I looked it up and I still didn't know what it was. Somebody was like, oh, maybe it's like a smiley face or something. I'm like, pretty sure it's not that. But yeah, now I'm, thanks, thanks for your judgment. Thanks for your judgment. Yeah. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> and surprise, it's actually surprisingly effective. You, hey, there you when go. I threw it out there. It just was like, done. Yeah. And, you know, I've done it a couple of times and I've kind of been like reserved. I, I want to use it sparingly, you know, um, uh, but, you know, it, it's you can hear people hear people. But, you know people can have their opinions and that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We need our opinions. Um, so then on, on to our last thing is we, we were talking about like making and breaking positive or negative habits and some things that we can do to kind of move ourselves forward. And like some, some negative habits could be, uh, not exercising. It could just be kind of sitting around all day. Um, or a negative habit could be wanting to do something and just not doing it because it takes work. Mm -hmm. So, uh, just curious on your thoughts on, on that. So, um, I would say like, so we'll engage with something right now and I'm going to go to the very basic fundamental of where any type of negativity stems from any type of, you know, what you're putting out there. Is it really what you want to put out there into the world or the universe, whatever you want to call it for what you want to actually receive. Um, so I'll start with by saying like, what's one thing for you, Bill, that you struggle with right now? 
A uh, struggle of mine is I'm still working on actually having a, a firm position and putting my my mind out into the world and having it having an opinion because like it's it's just a lot of work to take a side and then have to try to defend that side or to even just take the heat because I uh, like I'll take a lot of feedback very emotionally uh, and I and I try to process it and move it out but still at certain at certain points like a negative habit for me is hiding from those conversations so the basic fundamental is um the right for you to have an opinion essentially so what's the opposite of you not being able to have an opinion the opposite of me not being able to have an opinion is having an opinion yeah in owning my opinion yeah so the opposite is having an opinion owning your opinion so you're able to come to that pretty quickly which is great and you can probably kind of feel yourself a little bit like, you know, I'm saying it, but I still don't believe it. So what's the opposite of you're still, what's the opposite of not believing that you have an opinion? So believing that I have a valuable opinion. Yeah. So what's a belief? What is a belief? Yeah. A belief is having faith in something. Perfect. That it, it, faith. You're, faith. Yeah. So faith. So you are going to have faith that you could, that it's okay for you to have an opinion. Do you want to just have faith in your ability to have an opinion? Or is that something that you want so firm in your core of who you are that it's something that you just automatically default to and just know? Because there's a difference between knowing and having faith or believing that you can have an opinion. So what's the opposite of believing you have an opinion? what's the opposite of believing that I have an opinion, Mm -hmm. uh, not believing that I have an opinion. So take not out of it. So we're still talking about believing, having, having an, having an opinion. Exactly. So having an opinion and you know, you're smiling a little bit now, which is good. So, you know, words and, and actions is what's really important for any type of uh, conversation that you have with someone else, but then also the same for the conversations that you have with yourself, uh, yeah, with yourself personally. So uh, I call this doing opposites. So anytime you have something that comes up and you're kind of on the fence about it or it's something negative, go ahead and do what the opposite is of it. Because we pretty easily were able to flip from, um, you know, a long-winded answer of, you know, I don't know if I should have an opinion. I don't want to have to uh, defend that opinion. Um, there's so many emotions I go along with having an opinion to, you know, I would like to believe that I have an opinion to, you know, I have an opinion. And that is the direction that you want to go with is finding and knowing who and what you are. And that's where, you know, being present in this moment, I talked about presence is really important. Taking those little nuggets that you internally struggle with and dissecting them and looking at like what's the opposite of this what's the opposite of that and playing some word games to actually find out where you are and really dissecting what you're saying and and breaking it down to like bare bones meaning of it so much so that a four-year-old could understand what you're talking about yeah if that makes sense yeah i like that that's a good exercise so thinking in opposites Mm -hmm. so that way we we challenge what like our current position right exactly you want to we all you know humans 
intuitively we want to be happy you know we want have you ever seen someone who just enjoys walking around being like a grumpy old dude you know like no (laughs) No. yeah like no one likes being angry or negative or upset you know everybody you know if you ever talk to anyone everyone's overall pretty much like good people you know Mm -hmm. obviously you're gonna have some slime balls that you come in contact with and things like that which i'm sure there's a, a whole lot of other uh, reasons and instances that led them to that position but you know everyone's pretty friendly and pretty nice if once you get to know them yeah and they want to be happy so you want to be happy the the difficulty is you know a lot of people are preconditioned to where you know being happy is being selfish or you know if you have wealth and you're 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 rich like you're a scumbag, you're an a-hole, like you don't care about other people. You know, there's a lot of these cultural things that people, um, you know, push on on everybody and it, it, it keeps you away from being you and, you know, being happy and, you know, going to your core and being authentic with yourself. So working through um, what people give you is really important whether you know it's your parents giving you tendencies like let's say you scratch your head and that's how your dad scratches your head you know there's things like that but really taking a look and being present and being able to dissect the things that people have given you and being able to look at them and say you know is that who bill wants to be is that who bill stands for and having those hot those those honest hard conversations with yourself yeah you gotta have the hard conversations because that like that sometimes it's it's the painful route that we have to go through just like with improving your health or starting to exercise or learning to understand yourself and say it is like i have an opinion and that's okay Mm -hmm. um it's sometimes painful but uh, there's progress in pain if if you let there be Mm -hmm. so i love that yeah so the opposites, you know, and that's where I would challenge anyone to start with because if you have a bad habit, what's the opposite of a bad habit? Well, I don't have a bad habit. Well, you use don't. Well, uh, you know, I my bad habit is smoking. Well, you know, I stop smoking. Okay, well, you're still talking about smoking. Okay, well, I find something else to do besides smoking. Okay, that's on, you're on the right direction, but you're still talking about smoking. Okay, I find a new habit. All right, well, what's that new habit? So you got to kind of like walk them, you know, you, you got to walk people through it. And, it's, you know, it's wordplay, but yeah. it's getting their minds, you know, functioning in a different way. Because when I was asking you questions, you know, your eyes immediately like went up because you got to kind of process what it is because you haven't thought you probably haven't thought that way in a while. So. Yeah. Yeah. I love it when, when I get a good challenge like that. I'm like, oh, OK, like, let's, let's think about that. Yeah. It, it, and it's healthy. So I have an opinion and. I'm rocking it out. So right there, you shook your head no. You said, I have an opinion, and I'm rocking it out. So what's the opposite of I have an opinion, and I'm rocking it out? I have an opinion, and I'm rocking it out. Yeah, and look at that. You're like grinning ear to ear right yep. now. That's, exact, that's exactly it. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, thanks for that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any, any as we're wrapping up, uh, do you have any challenges or like key takeaways? Because we talked about so many really, really great things today. But if you were to challenge whoever's watching this with, with one thing that they can do uh, to start living a better life, to live the life that they know that they want to be living, does anything pop up to mind? Hmm, that's deep. That's a big one. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say... I would say one thing that everybody can do 
to get them rolling in the right direction is, you know, there's one, everybody has an addiction at some level, you know, whether it's like, you know, I, I'll, I'll say this. Everyone, everyone has a phone addiction right now. I know that for certain. There's probably some people, older generations that don't, but anyone our age, we have a phone addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, delete Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever, off your phone for one week a month. Just delete the apps. You can access them um, on your computer if you want to, yep. but really, really try to just go without for a week, but just totally take them off your phone for a week and just see how you feel. And people were like, well, there's so much going on right now. You know, I, I need to stay up to date with things. Um, I had that same excuse and my brother-in-law goes, Jimmy, like if you're worried about the election or whatever it is, like you do, you already know who you're voting for. Like, what does it matter? Like how much status updates you <laughs> read between now and November. Yeah. So like you can go a week without, engaging with whatever that is because you know whatever that is is this human drama that we are all a part of mm-hmm. and you know it's okay to unplug and it you know unplug and go go do some hikes that week or something get out and get on the nature and take social media off your phone for one week like those are my coupled thing right there because you know being on a trail being amongst trees there's studies that show just how it can de-stress you um, which is really, really beneficial. And I think what's really cool with everything that's gone on lately is, uh, you know, more people are getting outside and I think they're having more of an appreciation for nature again, which yeah. is great. And I think, you know, um, some silver linings and everything that's going been going on over the last few months of, you know, 2020 is, you know, people have appreciation for nature again. Uh, there's a lot of really great environmental things that have taken place, um, with us just kind of shutting down and it shows some hope like, Hey, you know what? Maybe we aren't totally lost. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe some, some of these things that people are talking about really do do and can have an impact. So, you know, put the phone down, get outside. Absolutely. So delete, uh, social media apps from your phone for one week a month Mm -hmm. and get outside with that time. Don't just like, like, okay, I'm going to use my computer instead. You're saying get outside, be in nature, move around, read a book, do something that's offline, Mm -hmm. give your eyes a break, give your mind a break. Exactly. I love it. All right. Thanks so much for uh, letting us come here and set up here. And, um, I'm excited for you, uh, to launch the product that you've been working on for two years. That's got to feel so good. Yeah. And, um, is there anything that you want to say about the, like anything deeper about the, the new line that you have coming out? Like, I'd love to give you a platform for your business to, uh, and for, for all the kids who get to play around and, and enjoy your uh, toys. Yeah. Um, you know, basically the, the line's called plush for the planet, um, which I thought was very fitting and appropriate and just really stressing, um, the importance of integrating sustainability into your business practices and just because it, you know, it may cost a little bit more to do so sometimes, you know, that's okay. And, you know, companies need to make the room to do it. But then there's a lot of times as well where, you know, doing the sustainable thing like recycling or doing things like that, they can actually save businesses money. Um, so that's from a business perspective, from the actual plush perspective with, you know, plush for the planet. Um, I'm just really excited to get these products out there and start educating kids and, you know, getting people watching things like uh, a plastic ocean documentary on Netflix that can be found 
or you can go ahead and check out uh, Fed Up, which is another really great documentary that talks about, you know, sugar in people's diets. And, uh, and it also touches on the environment as well. There's uh, Fed Up, which is another one, too. So there's all these resources out there that I, the whole, you know, everything has a cause and effect. And the purpose and point of this of this plush line is to help create, you know, some effect and to kind of get people starting a conversation and educating themselves and, and waking themselves up because a lot of times people get frustrated like you know people don't care about the environment you know they're self-centered they don't you know they just don't care and it's like they don't know yeah they yep. don't know you know like if someone were to come and try to talk to me about doing recycle plush 10 years ago i'll be like why yeah what like, yeah it doesn't make sounds, any sense yeah that sounds dirty <laughs> like that sounds like a terrible plush item yeah and, you know, and that's why I think ha having been in that situation, um, why we've worked so hard to make sure that like these plush items are like, they're like better than our other plush items. Like there you the, go. Fa the fabric is so good. <laughs> you know, we have like our signature butter fabric that, you know, everyone knows our plush for and things. And, you know, this plush line feels so much better. So I'm actually interested to see how people like compare yeah the two and it, it'll be an interesting fun journey to see you know what comes of it and and how people are receive it because we already have you know a lot of people pre-ordering them and you know getting ready for it so it's it's gonna be a fun exciting time yeah sounds like it and it sounds like a win overall especially if it if it feels better as well yeah. like that's that's a huge win yeah that was i was willing to compromise the the fabric the integrity as far as how it felt a little bit for the cause of it being recycled. And then when we first got some of these like sample swatches and stuff like that, I was just like, Oh my Did God. Did you real excited? I, I was like, this is awesome. That's sweet. <laughs>